And Jesus said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. How many of you desire to follow Jesus? <laughs> if you didn't put your hands up by peer pressure, even, um, that, <laughs> you should make an appointment with me this week so we should chat about some things. Um, I think it's kind of unfortunate that the phrase follow Jesus has kind of become like a metaphor, like a shorthand for be a, being a Christian, because I think we lose some of the, the meat of that phrase, of that verb, to follow Jesus. It's not just a, a sort of fancy way of saying you believe in Jesus. It means, no, you're literally following him. He is the leader, the master, and you are the follower. It means looking to him for direction, right? When you're following someone, you're, you're keeping track of where they're going. I'm notoriously bad at following people in the car. Just kind of space out and kind of all of a sudden realize I'm not following them anymore. But it's following like that, following where they're going. Um, Jesus says that there's two prerequisites in order to follow him. Two things that are needed to be in place if we want to be following him. Denying ourselves and taking up our cross daily. That's the very intentional sequence that Jesus lays out. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross, both of those things to do them daily, and follow me. We are, in fact, held back by the opposites, right? We don't self-indulgence instead of self-denial um, and cross-refusal instead of taking up our cross. As long as we're doing those things, um, it's going to be exceptionally difficult, if not impossible, to be able to see and hear Jesus in order to be able to follow him. A lot of Christians wonder, like, wow, well, it's so hard to follow Jesus and to hear from him. And then when we, if you unpack the life... It's like, well, is, is there any self-denial? Is there any taking up your cross? No wonder it's difficult to follow Jesus because Jesus says we need those things if we're going to follow him. Those um, self-indulgence and taking, um, refusing our cross, they're like earplugs or, or blinders, right? We're like, oh, I just can't see Jesus. It's like, well, if you did the thing he said, you'd be able to see him more easily to follow him. And just to be really clear, um, Self-indulgence, refusing the cross, that's just the human baseline, right? That's just, that's natural. It's completely natural. Everything that Jesus tells us this morning is completely not natural. It's not going to come to us naturally. It's supernatural. It would actually be impossible without the Holy Spirit. You cannot push down the flesh by the flesh. It doesn't work, right? Only the Holy Spirit that God has given us makes us able to deny ourselves and to actually go against our own nature in that way. Um, it's unnatural, but Jesus says it's really important because he goes on in verse 24 to that famous teaching, anyone who would seek to save his life will lose it. Right? What Jesus is saying is that if we uh, don't practice self-denial, if we don't practice taking up our cross, we won't be able to follow Jesus and that ends up in losing your life. Right? It's a synonym for for hell. That Jesus isn't sort of saying this is some sort of optional extra in the faith. This is right here in the middle of obtaining salvation in Jesus Christ by following him. 
denying ourselves and taking up our cross. So I just want to unpack both of those two things, self-denial and cross-bearing. Um, self-denial, it's been opposite to human nature since the beginning, but it's especially contrary to the spirit of our age, right? We live the, in the age of self-affirmation, right? And out of that, the indulgence of the desires that we have. If self-denial is going to be cultivated against that stream, we need to think about it like a habit, like a habit that you need to practice daily, something you do every day until it's second nature. Every day, um, coming against our own wishes. Because um, I think sometimes we, you know, when there's some, someone who is exceptionally selfish, we kind of call them a narcissist, as if um, that's sort of like a really rare thing. But the truth is, is, we're all left on our own, would be on the trajectory to narcissism. Right? What we actually find egregious in it is they're just doing in full bore what we really would like to do ourselves. <laughs> um, only the habit of self-denial, of coming against the thing that you want to do, is going to prune back so that we don't end up as narcissists, but actually end up as Christians. And what I want to say is that one of the great mistakes of the Christian life is to think that God is asking for big, extravagant, exhausting exercises out of the gate. He's not. True Christian habits of holiness necessarily begin very small. Right? Just taking some small thing, some small self-denial, some tiny thing. Actually, Christians in ages past used to, um, as a discipline, try and every day, every day of the week, give up something for the Lord, to deny themselves something, no matter how small, some tiny comfort or pleasure, for the Lord's sake, as a sort of practicing of self-denial. It might be, um, oh, actually, I need to clarify. When the Bible talks about self-denial, it's actually not talking about the world of um, temptation and sin. Right? Absolutely, as Christians, we're supposed to run from temptation and repent from sin. That's step one of the Christian life, right? To say, no, I don't want my sins or their penalty, right? I, I want the mercy of Jesus Christ. That's step one of being a Christian. Self-denial is actually step two. Right? It's not just turning away from what's bad and it, it was damning us. It's even taking things which are good in themselves and denying them to ourselves. So just to be really clear, this isn't sort of, when, we, when Jesus talks about self-denial, he's, he, he's not talking about repenting of sins. That's a given in this case. We're all Christians here. We've repented of our sins and we continue to repent. This is step two, denying even good things. It might be yummy foods, luxury goods, creature comforts, anything which is sort of a pleasure to the flesh. To actually not do exactly what we want. To actually deny ourselves something each and every day. What um, Christians from century after century have testified to is that if we begin small, um, maybe just refusing that extra bite Right, that second portion, that extra sip, that extra show, that extra Amazon Prime purchase. Um, the laughter tells me that one hits close to home. That a little bit of self-denial, that tiny seed will grow. By the Holy Spirit, it will become a discipline and a habit of self-denial. And that over time, our whole life will become characterized by holy simplicity and, and, and sacrifice. And we'll actually be... We were talking this morning in Sunday school about how our hearts are naturally warped. We'll actually become oriented towards sacrifice. That over time, what begins with something as small as 
you know, I'm not going to have a second helping of dessert. Something as small as that, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, will become, well, we call it sainthood, a life where you actually desire and are ready to sacrifice things big and small for God and for others. What um, begins as coming against appetites and desires, really the end game is, is actually the, the denial, not just of what's coming out of yourself, but of your very self. That one, your orientation would be so towards God and affirming his will that self has been entirely eclipsed and pushed out of the picture. And I want to say again, that's not the beginning, that's the goal. The goal is that we would be so uh, habituated to denying ourselves that it really, as Paul would say, who himself was a great, great disciple and saint of the Lord, it's not I who live, but Christ in me. Right? The way that Paul can say that is because he took self-denial so intensely, he talked about buffeting his body and making it his slave. Right? Paul really followed Jesus in his word to deny himself. That what begins as just giving up an extra sip or an extra purchase could include fasting, maybe one day a week could include actually giving up a certain luxury good forever for the Lord. And then ultimately denying um, even sort of our self-directed existence. To get there to that sort of end picture of sainthood, of not living for yourself at all anymore, but having Christ live within you, Jesus gives us the second thing, self-denial and then taking up your cross. And in order to understand what he means, we need to look a bit abstractly at what a cross is. Because when we hear cross, we rightly think of the cross that Christ carried and his own particular mission to atone for the sins of the whole world. But when we look at that, we can also learn sort of generally, well, what is a cross? And what we see is from the Garden of Gethsemane, it's something that you don't want to do, right? Jesus' prayer, Lord, if this is possible, Father, if this is possible, um, let this cup pass from me. Right? Jesus there revealed that he is fully human. He, there was, in his flesh, he did not want to suffer and die. But then, step two, we learn about a cross, is to say, Lord, if that's what you've apportioned for me, I accept it. I'll willingly do it even though I don't want to. I think that's one of the great marks of Christian maturity, to say, I would rather not do that, but with my will, I will do it. That's what Jesus did on the cross for us. A cross is painful, humiliating, and ultimately leads to death. I, was got, I had the joy of um, being with over a thousand other brother bishops, priests, and deacons at our National Assembly uh, in Plano, Texas this week. And I was talking with a friend who's a great theologian. I just love picking his brain. And one of the themes of the conference was discipleship. And we were both kind of dissatisfied with some of the um, definitions that were given in the big plenary sessions of what discipleship is. And I asked him, how would you define discipleship? And he always gives me these good things. He says, it's really locking in to the trajectory of your own death. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, right, it's actually recognizing that we're going to die, that our hope is in a Savior who will rescue us beyond death, and not just bodily death, but sort of the death of self, that self would no longer be my own tyrant, but would be crucified so that Christ could live in us. It's like, that's a good definition. So you need to write a book about that. Um, we'll see if he does. Um, <clears throat> but when we talk about a cross generally, um, it's clear that I know many of you, 
I already know this is the case, but I assume it's true for just about all of us. There is something in our life that the Lord has put before us that we'd rather not do. Something that's painful and maybe humiliating. It might be sickness. It might be pain. It might be the sickness and pain of someone that you love and are caring for. It might be a great loss that you carry. It might be terrible financial difficulty or a dysfunctional family or a difficult marriage. This list could go on and on. But the truth is, these things are before us already. The only choice is, will we receive it willingly or unwillingly? And again, this doesn't make sense according to nature, right? If there's a loud noise, an animal runs away from it. (laughs) What Jesus is saying is that there is a supernatural life that's possible by actually accepting that cross. We're going to suffer one way or another. Jesus is saying, suffering can actually be redeemed. You can actually, the cross can be lying before you, and like Jesus, you could say, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down in my own accord. I'll actually carry this thing because God has put it before me. I don't want to carry it. It's miserable. It hurts. It's long. But because God has put it before me, and I believe in faith as we confess in the creed that he is a father and a good father, (laughs) that he doesn't mean this for my ill, that he will redeem it in the end, that ultimately he'll make it better in the restoration on the last day. But to say, I will take up this cross, I will actually then offer this suffering to the Father. This is a mystical and spiritual thing. Again, it's not natural, right? But look, Jesus took up his suffering and offered it to the Father, and look what it did, right? Now humans are gonna be raised from the dead (laughs) because of his willing reception of his cross. He was going to be killed anyways. The priests and the scribes, they hated him. It was this cobble to get him killed. But he didn't resist it. He said, Lord, if this is the cup you want me to drink, I'll drink it to the dregs. The opposite of this is what is our natural tendency is to, to sort of kick against the cross. Say, no, I don't want it. And to grumble. Grumbling is the note that we're not taking up our cross. Say, oh, I just hate this thing. And it's natural to feel that way. And it's fine to be honest about those feelings, but to not stop at the feelings. Say, oh, wow, I really don't like what the Lord's put before me, clearly. (laughs) But Lord, I accept it. To not refuse. To not drive ourselves crazy trying to escape it. To not shake our fist at God for letting these things happen. Will we pick up the cross that is before us willingly or unwillingly? What Jesus is saying is if you pick it up willingly, you get to follow him. You get to actually live the human life that he lived in obedience to the Father and be actually nearer to him. When you carry a cross, you're tuned to the frequency that he's broadcasting in, right? In imitation, it's much easier, much, much easier to listen to God in prayer, to listen to God in the scriptures, to have a sense that you're following him in the day when you're willingly saying, Lord, I accept this difficult thing as your will for me. Will we take up our cross? Um, I'd offer that the sort of really exciting Christian life, the Christian life that isn't just a thing to learn in your brain or something to do on Sunday for an hour, but that really makes, just transforms the, the whole color in which life is lived really only sort of comes into light when these two things are being practiced day by day. Self-denial and taking up your cross. And make no mistake, it's daily because the Lord knows our human nature. You can make the firmest resolve you've ever made today 
And if you don't renew it tomorrow, it's going to ebb away. I think all human things have sort of inward things have a half-life of about three days. It's like, you can make a resolve. Let's see where you are in seven days' time. Probably not there anymore, right? It has to be renewed every day. So I would invite you to have ringing in your ears this week. Right? Every, the hope of every sermon is that it would just nudge each of us. And I want you to know this is true for me too. My, one of my um, heroes of the faith, I was reading in some, one of his letters. He died in, uh, 100 years ago. He was reading a lot of letters. He says, I preached this sermon this morning, and I don't know how I'm going to live up to it. I was like, wow. I mean, that means the sermon is, from, is probably useful from God, right? Because I'm in the same boat as you. This, the word of God is this challenging word. Will we live into it a little bit more earnestly as we hear the great commandment with our mind, our heart, and our soul this week? So in order to get there, to have ringing in your ears, deny yourself, take up your cross. And I invite you to think real practically because habits start today, right? A habit that starts tomorrow will never happen. <laughs> Um, I learned that the hard way after 20 years of not flossing. Um, <laughs> as most of you know, I had to get a tooth pulled the other day because of that. So <clears throat> Now I floss every day. <laughs> um, to think through today, what's something today? In the, you, you know what's in the day ahead of you, before you're headed to the pillow. What's something that you want that you could deny yourself? Something small. Start real small. Only pride wants to start big. Think really small. Something small. And make a resolve right now, Lord, when that comes, maybe it's at lunch, maybe it's in the afternoon, maybe it's at dinner, maybe it's at bed, like in the late evening. Lord, I'll prune that back. I'll do a little bit less than I would do naturally for you. Because I want to follow you, and you've said self-denial is a part of that, so I'm going to start taking my little pruning shears, just one dead head at a time, right? Um, pruning back our self-will. And then think, what's something in your life right now? I assume for most of you, it's probably not very far off your mind. What cross has God put before you? And even in your heart, even I invite you right now, if you're able, by the Spirit to say, God, I accept this cross. Or maybe, Lord, help me accept this cross. Help me accept this cross. I hate it. I wish it was gone. But you've put it in front of me. Help me accept it. And then when tomorrow comes and you wake up again, thanks be to God, um, to renew that vision. Well, Lord, what's something today I could deny myself? It's kind of a fun adventure, actually, after, over time. And then with the cross again, oh, Lord, here it is again, that thing I have to carry. Ugh. Okay, Lord, I accept it again today and again and each day. And then it becomes a habit. And in that habit, we get to draw nearer to the Lord to follow him more closely, to hear his voice more clearly. If you want to hear the voice of the shepherd calling you in the direction to go, deny yourself and take up your cross. And you will hear his voice more clearly because you're nearer to him because your life looks more like his life, right? A life of self-denial and taking up your cross. Amen.